Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched The Babadook. The Babadook is a 2014 Australian psychological horror film written and directed by Jennifer Kent. It follows Amelia, a widow who lost her husband in a car crash while on the way to the hospital for the birth of their son Samuel. She now has to deal with being a single mother and her son's constant fear of monsters. This is made worse when Amelia discovers a children's book in their house titled The Babadook, not knowing how it got there, and begins to suspect that the book's titular character may be lurking around their home. So this movie was a heavy dosing of stress for me. And we have one person to thank for that, and that is our very special guest, Kynwin Langley. Welcome, Kynwin. Thank you. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on, and uh, but also no thanks for making me have to watch The Babadook again. Yeah, isn't it a bit of a tradition of the show to just be like, hey, Kynwin, thanks for coming on, but fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you didn't want children, because fuck children. Right. Yeah, right. They're ghosts can handle them. Screaming seven-year-olds. Put them in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> the screaming on this child. Oh. I've never seen anything more terrifying. It was amazing to see the birth of a meme because I didn't realise where that meme, why can't you be normal, and then the oh, reply of the child yeah, screaming yeah. came from. So that was amazing. But then, yeah, ultimately, like, I had more moments of being terrified by that kid than I think I did of the actual Babadook. Oh, yeah, I definitely did. Ev- everyone sucks in this movie except Amelia. Everyone kind of yeah. sucks. Nah, she sucks too, man. She, yeah, I mean, she's not dealing well with any of this. Everyone's having a bad time. Yeah, no one's having a good day. Yeah, I think she's having a bad seven yes. years. <laughs> like, this is the culmination <laughs> of just the worst stint of anyone's no. life. Again, don't yes. have kids. Don't have kids. Definitely don't let your husband die <laughs> when they're born. I guess Drive safely On the way to the hospital <laughs> Have a home birth When your wife Is about to have a child Yeah Call an ambulance Yeah Hey where was the neighbour yeah. Where was Mrs Roach Helping out seven years ago Where uh, was her sister Yeah right yeah, Her sister's point. Huge piece of shit yeah. She is the yeah. worst person In this movie Including the Babadook <laughs> And Samuel <laughs> And Samuel. Yeah. The Babadook's actually looking pretty good by the end of the movie, really. <laughs> He's quite sweet. <laughs> All right, before we get more into that, Carmen, I want to ask, well, I actually have three questions. One, how did you choose this movie? Two, uh, what is your history with horror? And three, how are you on the scaredy scale? Are you brave or are you a scaredy boy like us? Um, I will answer those in reverse order. Great, bring um, it on. Because that's easier. <laughs> um, so on the scaredy scale, if we're saying one is absolute scaredy boy and mm. ten is a brave, brave boy, yeah. 
Um, I'd say I'm like a four while I'm watching the films. Yep. And then immediately after the film ends, I'm a negative seven. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Okay. So, yeah, really? like anytime I'm watching something spooky, I'm kind of like I can get through it. I can watch like I'll cover my eyes a bit when I sense a jump yep. scares coming and I'm usually right. Um, but then I'll be laying in bed and I will relive every terrible thing that happened or I'll start to think, wow, what if I heard someone whispering mm. Baba Duck in the middle of the night and yeah. then I'm, I'm awake for three hours. Nice. Uh, so that's fun. That is great. Well, I'm honestly a little happy about that because we've had a few different guests and all of them have been brave. So it's actually genuinely nice to have a guest that's a coward like us. Oh, makes me feel good. I am the biggest chicken. Um, I also have a scaredy boyfriend and the world's most frightened dog. So, um, Trifecta. You know. <laughs> yeah, a very scared household there. <laughs> yeah, so we don't actually watch a lot of horror movies, but we're all kind of... I mean, I'm including the dog in this. I don't actually know his opinions, <laughs> oh, but um, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all we're all kind of like really intrigued by scary movies. Like, I'm mm. the sort of person that prior to this podcast, I I would read the Wikipedia plot summary of horror movies because yep. I have to know what happens. Yes, but I don't want to watch it. <laughs> um, and now your podcast actually fills that gap in my life for me. <laughs> oh, glad <laughs> we're doing a service. That's what we we identified that you know yeah. that was a thing that we needed. Yeah. So we we looked, jumped on that sword, and we were like, we'll take one for the team. Hmm. I regret well, thank it. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> I regret it completely. Improved my life a lot. And because of you guys, I watched Doctor Sleep. <laughs> and did you enjoy Doctor Sleep? I loved Doctor Sleep. Yeah. I was like, I needed to vet it. You guys were like, it's mostly not scary. I'm like, fucking brilliant. Yeah. So <laughs> jumped right on that. that it was is awesome. Great. Um, but yeah, so my my history with scary movies has largely been avoidant um <laughs> yeah. i think my first yeah. memory of a scary movie um, was pretty formative um i'm from the northern territory mm-hmm. so there were i think 15 people in my school and i remember on the school trips so school trips involved literally everyone i was the youngest at six my oldest brother was the oldest at 12 um so they had to find like really family friendly stuff for us all to do that right. kind of covered all of that and they thought that they would take us to the movies um, so like, cool, here's a movie that seems like quite educational and fun mm. and the kids will love it. And it was Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Wait, how old were so, you? Sorry? Um, how old? I was six years oh, yeah. old. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting in the cinema, cowering behind a seat uh, um, yeah. as everything in Jurassic Park unfolds. And um, then, you know, quite scared during it. But mm. then they took us back to the camp we were staying at, which was a bunch of little tin shacks in the middle of this big expanse of grass surrounded by tropical trees. Jesus. Oh, dude. <laughs> so literally the set of Jurassic yes. Park. And yeah. um, I just remember laying in bed the entire <laughs> night just waiting for Velociraptors Velociraptor. to the yes. door. That was going to be Always my question. Yeah, was that the scene that really got you? Because I remember when I first watched it, that was definitely the scene that got the me. The first scene, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, the first scene and the kitchen scene. Mm. Every time yeah. I have to write something scary, I think back to the Velociraptors in the kitchen and I try to make it as tense and genuinely frightening as yeah. that is. <laughs> well, that's something else I wanted to ask you about because you're a writer as well. So yes. do you write? A lot of horror, and how do you go writing horror? I never intend to write horror, but almost everything I write for myself ends up having quite a few scary sequences because, yeah. again, I am a huge coward and I'm afraid of everything, so I yeah. accidentally put like my characters being really scared <laughs> quite often. Yeah. Um, 
which I actually I've, I started listening to R.L. Stein's uh, masterclass last year. And oh yeah, he was said he was basically the same. Like he was a really cowardly child, and everything frightened him. So when he started writing books, he just wrote about what frightened him. Wow. Um. So yeah. So I I usually end up, and again, it's like I never intend to do it, so I don't really approach it in a certain mm. way. But I do. I just. I tap into fear very easily. <laughs> it's because it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think being a coward helps your writing? I think so. I think um, I think brave people. Uh, well, I, I I don't actually understand how they exist, and I can't <laughs> empathize with them in the slightest. Yeah. Um, but I think being frightened is more engaging to read. I think mm. it's more empathetic for for readers or for viewers. So I I think it is yeah. more helpful. I wonder how many like. Um, more more people on the the bottom end of the scaredy scale write horror because they are scared. Yeah, where maybe like braver people lean towards action because that that's you being your characters being brave all the time. Yeah, I just can't imagine anyone with that level of confidence being a writer. I mean, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> so many more options are available. <laughs> that's a great call. Uh. <laughs> okay, and how did I choose the Babadook? Yes. Um, yeah, I I thought it would be cool to watch something Australian. Um, but also being a sort of Australian writer type, every mm. time I go to an industry event, the Babadook is always referenced because, you know, it is kind yep. of one of our biggest success stories and, you know, it, it made such an impact overseas. Um, and it just just kept getting more and more embarrassing the further we get away <laughs> from the release date that, you know, people are sort of mentioning the Babadook and assuming I've seen it and I'm just nodding along like, yeah, I actually have not even read the summary of this one because the poster was too scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad we can help you out in a professional sense so that you no longer feel yeah. lost at sea at, at industry events. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured um, I was never going to watch it unless someone made me. So, so you made yourself. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, you bullied yourself. You've, you've done this. I think we should probably rescind our fuck you then, yeah. given those facts. Yeah, <laughs> I, retract, I retract that. I, I am right there with I'm, you. I don't. I'm absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. I just suffered through it once already, and I figured I was done. I'd done my penance, Yeah, but I'm back in again. Yeah, because how long ago did you watch it, Tom? A few years. I watched it when it came out. Weirdly. Oh, okay, yeah. Was there a part of you, Tom, that was like, oh, I reckon I remember it enough. I don't have to rewatch it. No. Uh, Because I forgot how it ended And I knew that I'd forgotten how it ended And the issue I had was I didn't actually remember any of the plot points I just remember that for some reason The Babadook has become a gay icon Like like side marches and and Mardi Gras Someone's dressed as a Babadook And he's on a flag And I asked a friend of mine who's a drag queen I was like, Josh, why is the Babadook A pride icon? And his response was because the bubble looks gay as fuck, and I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> I've got no other argument for that. I do know right. the technical reason. Oh, good, yes, please. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, when Netflix first uploaded uh, the Babadook onto the platform, they accidentally filed it under LGBT plus, <laughs> <laughs> and like because there's no like so ostensibly good. gay or anything content in the film, everyone's like, oh well, it must be the Babadook. <laughs> I was like, that's know. actually incredible. I love that heaps. <laughs> yeah, except now I'm too scared to go back to Pride because what if I see the fucking Babadook? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because at Pride he's probably all right. It's it's when he's in your, based on the laws of the film, which I don't completely understand, I think if you see him outside, you're good. You just don't let him in your house. Or on your car. Or on your car. I feel like when he's in the car, though, it could just be anywhere. He was kind of tap dancing on top of the car. You didn't really see him. Yeah. Maybe he thought it was a float. The, well, the, ki- the kid saw him. Didn't the kid see him? Yeah, yes. Yeah, the day before the kid sees him and does that whole look at, that creepy thing that kids and cats and dogs do yeah. where they look at the middle distance and you're like, 
are you I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep that yeah. to yourself. The thing that got me annoyed about this movie was that the the sort of weapon I guess was a book. I'm like, "Oh, don't ruin books. That's that's a bit much. <laughs> that's our safe space." Thank when you. When she started tearing it up, I it's such a like moment of broken fourth wall or whatever, but I'm just like, "Oh my god, yeah. the prop designer must have just been <laughs> weeping cuz it's the most beautiful terrifying book. Yeah. The person who made it was like both extremely talented and a psychopath as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it was, for sure. I mean, in many ways stunning. they can get fucked, but also like, <laughs> very good at what they do. do. Do you reckon you can buy copies of Mr. Babadook the book? They actually did make a limited run of um, replicas of it. Okay. I have touched mm. one. Oh, God. Um, I, was at a, <laughs> I was at a workshop where the producer was there and she gave us like a, a preview of it and people were handing it around and I just handed the yeah, fuck no, off. Yeah, no, I like I am not falling for this shit. Yeah, those books yeah. were I think eighty dollars each. They sold it when the film came out, and I think they sold about ten thousand copies Jeez. of it. Yeah, I don't understand why people do this. Like the amount of people who buy Chucky dolls, it's like what hmm. is actually? Yeah, wrong no, that's- yeah. This is like this is like when we did Evil Dead with Joel Dusha, and he said that he mm. he bought. Didn't he buy the copy of the book? Yeah, he's got film? a script of I think I think it's a script of Evil Dead Two, but it's wrapped in the Necronomicon cover basically yeah yeah no thanks yeah. you're just asking for trouble That's bullshit yeah. yeah yeah the official stance of this show is fuck you Joel <laughs> but the book was gorgeous mm-hmm. um and creepy and like uh, i wanted to talk about the babadook as well like his persona because it was creepy but it kind of amazed me how little we actually saw of him in in total like a lot of so much of it was like it was very effective and like it stressed me out but more because of her character and her response to this growing pressure and and the effect it was having on her because it kind of like got inside of her like that was freaking me out almost as much as the bubble duck which we actually really didn't catch a lot of yeah i i think it was probably way more effective that you didn't see him that often because a few glimpses you had of him Mm. like full face and hat and coat were pretty goofy. Yeah, like the um, book version was almost scarier, like yeah, seeing it in the pop-up book. I was actually like, until I saw him for the first time, face and all, I was like absolutely just edge of my seat, tense. And then I sort of like, oh, he kind of looks like Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> like he didn't scare me again until he fucking crawled across the ceiling. Mm. Um, yes, yeah. But yeah, I think... I think they were smart to not show him that much because, yeah, the the illustrations were so terrifying mm. and there's just not really a way, especially, I guess, with the budget they had that you could translate that into being as frightening yeah. when it's just a dude in a giant coat. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, like, I also think what works well for, for those of us who have watched it at this later date is that because there was so much hype around this mm. and how scary it was, that actually really helped as well because I went into this like already basically scared and then any reference to him was scaring me more because I was like waiting for it because I knew that so many people got scared off of this thing. Yeah, like he doesn't even turn up until like half an hour, maybe 40 minutes into the film, but because I had watched the trailer not long before, <laughs> I was really packing it. <laughs> well, yeah, he. I. so that's the other thing. Like Sean, you were saying before, do I remember like enough of it to not watch it again? Mm. In my brain, he's in the movie so much more than he is. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh no, you see him quite a bit. You really only get a look at his face in like two scenes. They're pretty much back to back and every other scene is just the silhouette or the claws or like his voice and 
shadow looming, which mm. is like the shots that they do of like uh, her bedroom and just the wall of shadow and then the arms coming out the side. Yeah, yeah. Is awful. Mm. Yes. Like the, the fact that you just see glimpses of him and I, again, whether it's budget or whatever, and the fact that those effects are practical, like mm. it's yeah. these creepy stop motion looking arms coming out at you makes it heaps worse. So yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought he was in it's it so a lot good. more. And I'm both glad he wasn't and angry that he wasn't. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point, Tom, because, I mean, I only watched it a couple of days ago, but in my mind, he's in it too much. Right. Like, to the point where I, uh, like, 45 minutes in, I was like, all right, that's the peak of how scared I'm going to be in this film. Because mm. I thought, it's like you said, Carmen, he kind of looks fucking goofy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I watched this one with my girlfriend who, as I've said before on the show, has nerves of steel. And she watched it and just, as soon as she started laughing at him, I was like, oh... Not scary. <laughs> She's burst the bubble. Now we're now we're making fun of the Babadook. Okay. Yep. I upped the level of stress unintentionally while watching this because I had my dog mm. on my lap the entire time, <laughs> and as soon as I saw her like kill the dog in the oh, picture yeah. book, I was just like, oh, yeah. I know yeah. it's yeah. coming." And then every time the dog came on screen, I tensed, cradling my puppy, yeah. like just <laughs> stroking, hoping he doesn't look at the screen because apparently I think dogs can watch movies. So they, they showed that in the picture book and I was like, you motherfuckers, yeah. you better not do this. <laughs> and in my heart, I was like, nah, the heroes will win. That won't yeah. happen. But of course it happened. I'm just glad my dog, he left before that could happen. Your dog I is think, so smart. Well, no, I think, I don't know whether he's a coward or whether he's just got no patience for movies right. because like the kids started screaming at one point and my dog oh, yeah. looked up and just barked at him for a minute and then went, fuck this. <laughs> He just, went, he just went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> he just tucked himself in. He was like, I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> Good move. Well, my, I had the same feeling where I saw the, the dog get killed in the picture book. I'm like, damn it, this is going to be one of those movies where they kill the dog. And then they, yep. then I didn't think they were because the dog was like being pretty brave throughout. But then when they did, I'm like, ah, you should have killed the kid. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yes. my, my biggest complaint about this movie is that she didn't, immediately hand the child over to the mother. <laughs> right. like, I mean, she's so tired. Right. Oh, this was yeah. like a win-win here. Essie Davis in that movie makes you exhausted just looking at her face. You just want to be like... It's... Oh, yeah. yeah. Like from oh. the first frame, she is the tiredest person yep. I've yep. ever seen. Yep. And she just gets mm-hmm. tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's bad. I just, yeah. I have never sympathized with someone so hard. Mm. As Essie Davis in this movie, who was amazing. She's incredible. Did she win any like Aussie film awards for this? Surely. I don't know. I don't remember. I think she would have, surely, yeah. This is a this is an incredible mm. performance. And do we think the kid was like the kid was shockingly annoying <laughs> and I wanted him to die. But was it a good performance? I think it was, like, was to he, be honest. Yeah. I think yeah. it was. The full fled like I have never seen someone scream with that many teeth before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like just the way he like the whites of his eyes were yeah. always showing. Like either they found just naturally the most terrifying kid yeah. in the world, or this kid is genuinely amazing. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I, th- I think having the kid be the worst kid in the world though is very effective because it means that the minute the Babadook gets inside and is possessing her, you're like, well, yeah, the kid's annoying. So it's not that much of a leap for her to. Yeah want to kill this kid because she has a complicated mm. relationship with the kid to start with. So, yeah, she wants 
absolutely the demon ghost cockroach yeah. man of the Babadook being inside a villain <laughs> yeah. kid. You know what's interesting about the kid is, like, I think after I watched a movie recently. It was a Disney movie. We bought a zoo. You know, mm-hmm. the one with Matt Damon buys. Does he a buy zoo. a zoo in that movie? He oh. buys a zoo in that film. Yeah. Is is the Babadook in that movie? I can't remember. Uh, he could be hiding. Shut in the up. Yeah. <laughs> it would have made it a better film. Yeah. Yeah, um, but in that film, like he's a widower and he's got a young daughter, mm. and it's, she's like a six-year-old daughter. And there's this thing that happens often, I think, in American movies where, like, you have like almost like a little genius kid. The kid's like making her own lunch and she's yeah, helping him yeah. around the house and that sort of thing. So I kind of liked that this kid. He's just a little shitbag. Yeah, yeah. He's just great. Mom, mom, mom. Constantly wants attention. Constantly wants love. It was. Kind of good to see, even though it's hard to suffer through. Yes. But there's one yeah. bit in it that kind of broke my heart a bit, and it's when he says to her, I can't even remember what part of the film it's at. He just goes, I love you, mum. And she just kind of like looks off in the distance and goes, me too. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, your that kid Your kid just wants your amazing. love. Just mm. fucking tell him you love him. Yeah. Oh, I think me. like I think they were really smart to get a kid that relentlessly horrific um, as well, because like the entire film rests on this concept that maybe, you know, she as a mother doesn't actually love her yep, kid yep. Mm. as much. And maybe she actually would prefer if, you know, her husband was still alive and she wasn't going through this. Mm. Um, and I guess that's the entire reason the Babadook is there. So, yeah, like I think it's so believable mm-hmm. that actually maybe she does fucking hate being <laughs> this kid's mom. Yeah. And maybe that's a little more common than, than movies would like us to believe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As well as like like you're saying, Carney, the flip to the to the Weebwater Zoo, where you've got this single parent who's having a hard time of it because they're a single parent and that's really friggin' hard. So because of that, it kind of makes more sense that the kid is a bit needy and unruly because mum isn't doing well. And then another thing that I really liked that this movie did was by the end I, I liked the kid more, and I think because the, by the end they basically done a role reversal where mum was now yelling at the kid and he was having to try to like calm her down and care for her and be loving towards her, which I thought was brilliant. Like it kind of, once I really clocked that, I'm like, oh, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. I also like in many ways being one of the world's most frightened children. <laughs> I do kind of sympathize with this kid a lot because like this kid legitimately is seeing monsters yeah. and he has been told that it wants to kill his mother. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So while he is the worst, he is also like actually going through even more stuff than a than a kid with a struggling single parent is going through and his weapons are pretty justified. Oh, his yeah. weapons are yeah. incredible. I'm say. I will say yeah. that, Sean, yeah. you must appreciate those he's weapons. He's a little engineer. He's great. <laughs> I respected the shit out. He's a little, Ke- he's a little Kevin McAllister, Aussie version. Yeah. Oh yeah. Loved it. So much more annoying, unfortunately. Yeah, he just needed a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have burnt down that house. That that feels oh, like yeah. the logical yeah. conclusion once I it's mean, in the basement. Yeah. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings me to were we scared? Yes. Yes, for 45 minutes and then really largely not. I was more um, tense than – I mean, I was I was scared going in thanks yeah. to the trailer, but based on what was actually in the show oh, – in the movie, sorry. Um, I was much more tense than afraid. Yeah, I think I had the same experience. But, I, yeah, like I said, I was also just super stressed, partly because of, like, the idea of being a parent to a kid that's off the chains – and then also having a monster in their house. So I found even, I agree, once the Babadook came on, he was a bit goofy and whatnot. Um, there were a few good effects, like you were saying, Tom, as well as the the voice, the him saying Babadook. That yeah, was oh, pretty fuck. gross. Could have done without that. <laughs> Hated the it. voice is the worst voice. No, 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 no. Can I counter that? Okay. I would have been far more scared if the motherfucker didn't talk. I thought the voice was a bit shit. Oh, really? <laughs> like, if we're talking scary voices, we're talking... Um, Thingo from us. Yeah, I'm yeah. Red's voice. Like that. that's chilling. This was no good. This this and <laughs> seeing him too many times for me just sort of killed it a bit for me. No, the voice it was all down. The voice is me. spooky. Were you still stressed? Like were you still tense? Um I was tense, but I was sort of like getting steadily more fed up with the movie. There were things that were happening that were starting to annoy me. Mm. I will say in that first forty five minutes, A I went into it, Tom's talked about this movie for a couple of years, I think, to yeah. me. And talked it up as being terrifying, so I was on edge completely. You're welcome. And um, <laughs> Great, well done, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I had legitimate moments where I turned to my girlfriend and I did that thing where I, I was so scared that I got really angry. Yeah. And I was just like, I, yeah. I was probably raging against you, Damo. I was like, fucking, why did Damo get me to do this fucking show? Fuck, fuck this show. I quit. I'm sick of it. But then, yeah. But then I, you know, then I got, then I was fine. Yeah. He started talking, and I saw his face, and I'm just like, "You suck, man." <laughs> the first half is definitely scarier than the second half, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Which I think is true of quite a few horror movies. Like, unless they really amp yeah. it up, it's like it's the unknown for so much of it, and then once you see what yes. you're dealing with, it's like, okay, we're we're racing yeah. towards a climax. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's very true. The scares the scares do tend to chill out in the back half, and it becomes more stress about the characters that you like. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, like I guess because she becomes so unhinged, like his his effect is to make her scary basically like when she's oh, yeah. got the knife and everything like she's she's more scary than the bubble at that point i mean she kind of is the bubble but so i i found that the bubble itself wasn't that scary but she and her performance that kind of terrified me a bit to be mm-hmm. honest the first time yeah. she cracks it at the kid is simultaneously it is very bad when a parent does this to their kid but <laughs> right. at the same time in this movie i Thought it was fucking awesome. Oh, it was very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. She tells him to eat shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you just go and eat shit? She was all of us in that She moment. was. Yeah, she definitely was. Yeah. But then when she rips the tooth out. Oh. Oh, yeah. That got me. I didn't enjoy that. I'm a tooth dream person. I did not like that moment. Oh, no. Yeah. They, they foreshadow that, like... So early on, too, she's constantly mm. like, rubbing that side of her face, like, at the start of the movie. And they're like, hey, remember yeah. that sore tooth she had? Cop this. She now bubba-dooking it out. <laughs> um, Sean, I have to ask, is it, in terms of being terrified, because I know this is, the, this is the beat that scares the shit out of me, both the first time I saw it and the time I've seen it this time. 
It's when she's doing the dishes uh, or making yes. the dinner. Yeah, remember which one? And Agreed. she looks up in the window, and the bubble ducks in the neighbor's house. Yeah, hate now, that. They do that shot. They do that shot probably three times in the movie. I think mm. they keep showing mm. her looking in and seeing the neighbor. I thought for sure during this film, at some point, she's going to look in, and the Babadook was going to murder the neighbor. Yeah, I was expecting. I'm right. amazed. I don't think anyone dies in this movie. Just the dog and the husband. Uh, and that oh, that annoys me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Don't kill dogs. Yeah. Oh, pieces of shit. Well, Kyman, what about after the movie? Because you said you go into the negatives after you finish watching a movie. Did this yep. have that lingering effect? Yeah. Um, so this movie did feature a couple of things that are my personal, like... <laughs> on your on your list? Yeah. On my yeah. List. I mean, it's a very, very long, thorough list. <laughs> but um, this one picked a few that were pretty high up there. Um, so one of the things that, like, I, as someone who spends a lot of time awake at night thinking of horrible things. Um, mm. One of the things I'm most afraid of ever happening is the door just opening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when that door opened the first time and then you don't see anything behind it mm. was probably a... Like, it wasn't a good moment for me. I did not enjoy it. In the in the moment, are you thinking, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm going to be thinking about that later. That's coming back yeah. to get me. So I have been thinking about yeah. that. Um, and uh, the Babadook crawling across the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just yeah. fucked. I just, I do not like the idea of things crawling on the ceiling. It's not, mm. it's not a good thought. Um, but also, yeah, the voice uh, coming through, which I actually wasn't that frightened of while it was happening, but, you know, laying awake mm. in bed at night, you just think, you know, you just have this pissy little voice in your head that decides it wants to make life harder for you. <laughs> and it's always like, what if you heard that right now yeah. like what would you do yeah and then because i have a very good imagination all i can hear for the next hour is just that fucking bubba dog yeah. luckily i also had a really shit song in my head at the time so it was a really <laughs> weird remix good good yeah, yeah. <laughs> real battle yeah Jeez. so i actually wasn't too too scared of this movie but i did have an uncomfortable evening thinking mm-hmm. of that line from the bubba dog and a song from rupaul's drag race <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, did our characters act wisely or foolishly, do we think? I mean, there's not much more. Like, this is going to sound stupid. Like, she makes mistakes, but, like, what are you going to. Yeah. What else would you do? Like, she gets rid of the book because it's freaking her son out. She's not slept. Mm. Yeah. All the choices she makes are just like. No, having said that, when the book came back, I'm not burning it. Mm. Don't burn the book again. No, why not? Keep it. Take it to the cops. No, I'm worried. No, no, no. I'm worried by that moment because that's exactly what I would do. I'd set yeah. it on fire. And that didn't work. True. If fire doesn't work, what do you do? (laughs) I mean, yeah. I think the moment that the book came back patched up would be the moment that I left the house forever. Although my boyfriend pointed out that she may not have the funds for that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, True. I'd still leave. (laughs) Go sleep in the car. Um, but the Babadook's already been on the cub by that point, has he? Or yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. Uh, And the the issue is, is that the Babadook is like. It's not tied to the house. He's tied to her. It's tied to them because they read to the read the yeah. It's tied to yeah. them, and that's his. That's mm. like that's that's the the great thing about it is Jennifer Kent's created a, a villain. Yeah. That basically is unbeatable because it's tied to you. Mm-hmm. The minute you kick over your stones, you open that book, you read mm. that pop up book. There is literally a line in the book that says you cannot get rid of the Babadook. That is the second line of his yeah. creepy I do not poem. Like that. So once yeah. he's in, he's in. Hide it. You're fucked. The um, like it's not smart, but um. I was so vindicated when 
that door opened and she saw him run across the roof, like all she did was pull the sheets up over her head. I'm like, that is yeah. the most relatable thing I have ever seen. In my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this will not protect me at all. But fuck if I'm not going under there. Oh, I got so angry when she did it. I was like, what are you doing? Because I just thought she was going to pull it back down and he's going to be right in her face. I was waiting um, for that as well. That was stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like we said before, the kid having weapons, well, that was pretty smart. Legend. He was actually prepared yeah. when mum was mostly ignoring all his warnings, I guess. Yeah. I feel like that kid did literally everything that he could yeah. have done. Yeah. And in doing all of that made himself more insane mm. sounding and more difficult and yeah. more tiring. Yes. Yeah. Um, which made everything worse. So, he, poor yeah. thing. The kid basically Sarah connored himself in Terminator 2. Yeah. Where he was telling <laughs> he the did. truth and everyone thought he was just nuts. Yeah. Right. A piece right. of shit. But he was ready. Yeah. yeah. Huge yeah. respect. One of you guys said it before. My, uh, your love for the kid grew throughout the film. That's mm. exactly right. Everything he did was great, including pushing that girl out of the treehouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, she, she fucking deserved that. Yeah, big time. Her <laughs> like, and her shitty mum. Her mum's a piece of oh, shit. Yeah. They're the worst family. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you need to look at it, though, and go, right, has that sister just reached a breaking point over six years? Yeah. But also, she's still a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, I feel like seeing that your sister is that tired and mm. struggling that much and your mm. response is to avoid her and roll your eyes at her annoying kid. Yeah. Like, that's not super helpful. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. Like, yeah. And I think it is that, but I think it also works well for the story because, well, yes, she has family to sort of run away to and try to get help from. But no, she doesn't because they're sick of her and they're sick of the kid. Yeah. So it functions She's well. She's totally there. isolated. Yeah. 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 And she can't go to the neighbour to help because the neighbour is an elderly woman <laughs> but who struggles think, to move. Yes. I think she also can't ask for help. I just don't think that's her character. Yeah, right. Because she has, like... Does she ask the sister for help? Sort she of not really. She does, at, I think, one point where she asks, um, I think she asks for money to stay in a hotel mm. and, her ma- and her sister says no. Yeah, so there you go. Like, it's that tentative reach out and then slap down immediately. Yeah. She's not going to ask. But she's pushed yeah, pretty far before But she's not going to ask the old lady for help. And then mm. there's even the, the co-worker who's really into her. She doesn't really ask him for help. His whole thing is weird too because he shows up at the house and then I just thought the editing was really weird mm. where... It just moves away, and you're like, "Well, we didn't see him. Like, is he still in the house? Did he leave?" He and then you never see him again from the yeah. whole film. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's true. I kind of feel like he possibly should have been a murder victim. That's right. I thought he would come into the house and get yeah, killed. It totally. was almost like it's almost as if the actor playing him had died, and they were just like, "Well, that's all the footage we have." <laughs> like, oh yeah, like they just lost him halfway through yeah. filming. Like, yeah. oh, I mean, that's crazy. This is an Australian film. We're on a very tight <laughs> schedule. Eric Banner's not available. I don't know what to do. Right? Yeah, we only had the Babadook for half an hour. <laughs> the Babadook is high demand. Uh, you know, actor, you've got to pay coin if you yeah. want the dork. Yeah. That makeup takes so long. In one scene, we just used his hat. <laughs> yeah, that's what they did. Um, I will say, though, I think the other thing, too, is we're all like, oh, did she act wisely or foolishly? Blah, blah, blah. Hmm. I mean, look, the whole movie is a big metaphor. The dork is not a dork. He's a grief. Yeah. yeah. And she has to beat it herself. That's the whole thing. They have, they have to, sorry, they have to beat it together hmm. because they have yeah. to both acknowledge that. A bad thing happened, and that's not like that's why I like. And I know that Sean, you're probably going to go into this as we get to this point, but I like the end that mm. the Babadook is in the basement and it is always there. Yeah, and it isn't as strong as it was, but sometimes it is. And there's that great bit at the end where the kid asks you, um, "How was it today?" Mm. and she says, "It was pretty quiet." Yeah, and it's like right. So the the thing that you have to deal with is it's always going to be there. Some days it is 
a monster and some days it is a hat. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. just how you got to roll with it. I think that's a beautiful message for the whole film. Yes. I Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's why I ultimately enjoyed this as a film. Like, mm-hmm. once I sort of got over the scariness, I actually quite enjoyed it. Because I didn't cop out at the end. Like, I feel like if you are going to go to the extent that the monster is, you know, a pretty literal metaphor for grief or depression, mm. um, mental illness of some kind, like that, yeah, it's not something you can just defeat and you're done. Like, it's something that you have to keep for a long time and she has to go down and she has to fight it every single day Mm. while also feeding it worms. (laughs) 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 Like, yeah, I just thought, I thought it was a really cool way to resolve, A, something like a monster that you've established that you can't get rid of and also something that a lot of people do sort of deal with in a very Mm. real way that even, like, you know, this film is dealing with in such a heightened mode. Yeah. I thought, yeah. yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah. And yeah, and on the kid in that part as well, when when he, one, he tied up mum, which I thought, oh, that's a boss move right there. And then two, when he's like, I'm not going to leave you. I thought, yeah. I was like, all right, you're all Love right, him. kid. Yeah. That was a real sweet moment. Yeah. While also being very fucked and gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gross. Just immediately spew blood yeah. everywhere. <laughs> oh, that was kind of annoyed. Like, I thought she was spewing ink at first and then I saw it was red on her dress. I'm yeah. like, oh, you should have gone for ink. Yeah, yeah. All right, then how would the four of us do in this situation? I would immediately give the Babadook the kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, there you go. On your way. Thanks for coming around, (laughs) Dilk. I'd pick the dog up, give him a big cuddle, and get in the car and drive away forever. (laughs) Just leave the kid in the house to deal. Yeah, the kid. The kid can go. Do I get my husband back? The kid goes, get my husband back. (laughs) He's a fake. He's not a real husband. It's like a fake thing, but I'm okay with it for a little while. The husband is the Babadook. You realize this. Yeah, no, that's okay, though. As (laughs) long as he stays looking like the husband, then maybe it'll be all right. Just feed on the (laughs) kid. The issue is, though, the Babadook's still around and will eventually want you to kill your dog. I feel like, yeah, it's it's, it's a flawed solution because, like, the whole process was the Babadook wants the dog and then the Babadook wants Mm. the kid and then he wants you to kill yourself. So I think even if you give him what he wants, it's probably just going to lead to you killing yourself sooner. Okay. This feels like a situation that we cannot escape. So let's in turn, how do we save the dog? (laughs) (laughs) I immediately give the dog to the neighbor. Yeah. 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 Is that far enough away though? I I reckon give it to the neighbor and say, give it to anybody else. Just don't let me know. Don't tell me who you've given it to. And then move to a retirement home and don't tell me which one. Yes. (laughs) Also, the Babadook's in your house. (laughs) By the way, there's this thing as the Babadook. You should probably watch out for that. Yeah. I've seen a giant goth in your house and I think you should (laughs) vacate. (laughs) There is a goth man with knife hands. And he sometimes is a cockroach. Have you guys seen the Mighty Boosh? It looked like a Mighty Boosh character. <laughs> he looks like the spirit of jazz. That's exactly what he looks like. You reminded me of old, old Greg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, had a, he had like a very culminative Mighty Boosh vibe. Yeah. He just needed like a giant polo mint for an eye. That's it. Yeah, he was every villain in every Mighty Boosh ever. He's just Noel Fielding doing every single character he has. <laughs> <laughs> With his Oh, hair. fuck. You know what? Just you know what I just thought of. You know how before Kyle, when you talked about Jurassic Park, this is another thing that took me out of a moment in the movie. Is near the end, the Babadook makes like a fucking dinosaur noise. He did. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like a fucking Velociraptor or T Rex or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, my boyfriend. I forgot about that. My boyfriend and I both laughed at that point. <laughs> Some of the sound design is wild. I did read today that a lot of it's just like little bits and pieces from like Mortal Kombat. And uh, okay. Resident Evil, like she just used like video game sound yeah. effects. Right. My boyfriend really recognized um, a sound sample from I think it was a game, and he said that's what took him out of it. Like I only yeah. recognized that one 
kid laughing track they used at the start of Diddy Kong Racing. Like that's <laughs> whenever I hear that, I'm I'm out yeah, and I hear yeah. it fucking everywhere. I don't know why they still use it. <laughs> but yeah, he recognized something from a game. That's wild. That's, that's I I look kudos to her. That's some ingenuity. I'm I'm big yeah. fan of that. Um, mm. I think yeah. boys, mm. I, I think we can do this. There are four of us. Okay. Here's my thinking, Tom. Is we just have to yell at it, right? No, I actually think the opposite. So basically, she did do some. You just got to befriend it. He's got it like, it's like Shaun of the Dead. She's keeping it in the ba- basement, feeding it worms. If the four of us just buddy up to the Bubba Dook and be like, hey, you can just be our fifth roommate. You have to live in the basement and eat grubs. Yeah. Like, what does it want? Bucket of worms. <laughs> we can do that. I have a worm farm. Oh, get out. So, oh, okay. we're sorted. Oh, kind of. I mean, I'm just going to find it gobbling in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Probably say hi. Problem solved. It's much less scary when you see it properly. I am a big fan of Noel Fielding, so I'll be like, hey, man, love your work. <laughs> no, would you like some worms? <laughs> I don't have a basement, but I do have a shed. Yeah, done. <laughs> worm farm, shed, and then every now and again... We to keep the duke involved. We like get him to come out to like pride events and Mardi Gras. That's the deal. Right? <laughs> yeah. You don't kill anyone. Yeah. You get to go to Mardi Gras this year. Yeah, he likes video games, so we'll just set up a PS4 in the back shed. Yeah, yeah, he can play there some Diddy go. Kong. Fucking a. Better yeah. than the, the yeah. solution of just just feeding him a child. <laughs> yeah, that is another solution. Well, we could just keep feeding him. That kids. is ethically grey. <laughs> is the kid still in play? <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> one of us has a child in this situation. <laughs> or is one of us the child in this situation? So you got to you got to feed him one of us, Sean. Well, I mean, uh, do we have to do that though, or just the worm idea? I think the worm works. Just, just, is it powerful? I enough? think I think the I worm think worms, works. Um, I think we have a roster. We have a roster system and one of us just has to feed the duck from time yeah. to time. I mean, you can get fresh worms at Bunnings. It's very easy. How long can he live off worms? How often do we have to see him? Is it every yeah, day? I think it's every day. every day. Yeah. Oh, every day. God. I say every fourth day, really. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, yeah. If we're sharing the life. If he's a grief monster, we'll share our grief. This is yeah. this is the loveliness of it all. Well, that's it's all right. Kind of like a grief circle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're working together. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually the duck will realize that being friends is better. He won't need worms. He won't need killing. He'll just be the goth that lives in our house. <laughs> we can get him a job at like a nice little clothing store. <laughs> yeah, he can work at like Dangerfield or something. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's just got grief of his own and we help him you know, work through that. And then eventually one day we go out there and he's just not in the shed. He's gone. Oh. I mean, the guy can't hold stuff because his fingers are knives. <laughs> That's true. He can't hold food. He can't play PlayStation. He can't jack off. He's a miserable man. Yeah. Wait, so yeah. he's Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. <laughs> and he just needs, you know, love and acceptance. That's it. Yeah. And, That's it. and maybe for Tom to jack him off every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Why am I jacking off the duke? That's... <laughs> you thought of the issue. You have to solve it. Yeah. We all see him once a day. That's once a week. You know, that's a deal. We rotate all of his needs. <laughs> well, on that note, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Davian. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And I've been Kynwin. And Kynwin, thank you so much for coming. I also do want to ask you quickly just about your books. Um, yeah, so I have a young adult fantasy out at the moment, which you can buy an ebook, paperback, and audiobook called The Edge of the Woods. And um, this is one of those books I didn't intend to be scary. And mm. a lot of the feedback is, why the fuck was that so scary? <laughs> <laughs> um, woods are scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woods it's right are, there in the title. <laughs> woods are quite scary. And um, I think I was speaking to a couple of you before we started this about my incident in the woods in Wales. And um, oh, yeah. I came home and I wrote this book. So <laughs> Can you just, that's, I think people would like to hear that. Yeah, Can you tell, I, I tell them that. what happened? Oh, yeah. So um, 2013, I was doing my little backpacking pilgrimage to the homeland, which is Wales, if you can't tell by my name. (laughs) Um, And so I was on a bus tour 
and we sort of stopped off in this foggy section of the National Park and the Brecon Beacons. And I am not a person who deals with a lot of people for an extended time well, so I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go for a wander. Mm-hmm. Um, so I walked alone into these woods. Ah, big mistake. All foggy, lovely, absolutely beautiful, following this like little bluebell path because um, they had all just sort of bloomed. That's how they get you. And I came across this, um, this uh, tree, which was quite big and gnarled and like, completely bare. And then I was like, oh, that's a freaky tree. Um, and then I sort of looked closer and there were these strings hanging across it and they were all hung with um, upside down crucifixes made out of twigs and twine. Oh, he's so not good. Tom just shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to add whales to the list of places I'm never going. Yeah, I mean, they have quite a big um, pagan community, I think. So this is probably some like completely harmless ritual thing or like some primary school shit, but I'd I took a photo. I have a photo somewhere of um, the crucifixes, but um, turned around and fucked off back to the bus. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. call. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. The fact that you weren't standing in that clearing and just heard at the nape of your neck someone asking if you would like to live deliciously is <laughs> <laughs> I actually so love lucky. that movie, um, and it does remind me of that moment. Um, and luckily, yeah, I am I am a very, very major coward, mm. um, and... I'm also like really drawn to like folk tales and um, like every scary mythy shit, and Wales has fuck tons of it. Um, so yeah, my first yeah. instinct was let's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so my book is about some creepy bluebell woods with some fucked up fairies in them, um, and also like a really oppressive little culty village. Yeah. Um, so get in on that. <laughs> and when you were writing this book, were the woods you were picturing those woods? Um, I actually didn't consciously think of that like i didn't sort of make the connection until a couple years later when i thought about right the tree and the woods and then i was like i wrote a book about this (laughs) completely by accident um i think it was a combination of that i thought i was mostly writing this book um in reaction to the 2014 federal election or 2013 2014 um because i was so furious at tony abbott uh who may may have influenced one of the villains in the book um so yeah this is like this weird freaky feminist rant i'm gonna say but um it's got good reviews so uh yeah you can just look on my website which is kindwinlangley.com for all the links where you can buy that and um i have another book coming out at the end of the year called the misadventures of an amateur naturalist which has a Giant monster in it. Oh, again. I thought I was writing a romance. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's also got a big fuck off monster in it. Fantastic. So. <laughs> Obviously, I like Guillermo del Toro films. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is my, my whole yeah. vibe. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And if you scary listeners would like to email us, you can do so at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually. I'm at me, David Jamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. And I'm at Feed the Writer. Stay scared, everyone. Tom just shit himself. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.